2: Stomps, stomps, stomps.
1: <laughs> you are listening to The Burrows of Berea.
0: Welcome back to The Burrows of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left, I'm so glad he's back. <laughs> Billy Eye Candy Kimsey.
1: Like a cinnamon hot tamale, but the gringo kind. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> what is that? I, well. I, I don't... I don't <laughs> olay, olay, olay.
2: <laughs> I I appreciate that Billy really must have thought about that. <laughs> a, you
1: know, it's, it's, I've been out out for well, I missed the last one, so that's been a month. So,
0: yeah, and so yeah. yeah, so it's been a while since they've heard you. To my right, chair of the annihilator, Lewis. Hello. <laughs> behind the glass <laughs> is Rocket Man, Indy Bishop. Hey, hey. I don't know. And like I said in the last episode, um, Sarita Edgerton was kind enough to join us for this Esther series, so hello, Sarita. Hey, y'all. So glad to have you back. Ralph Hicks is not here. Uh, his two girls are in a play, and so he's not able to be here to record tonight, and so it's going to be a while before we get back to, to Ralph. Probably about a month of six weeks, I guess. So anyway, but today is a special episode. It's another one of our testimony episodes, and we have with us the Burroughs of Berea number one fan out of Fayetteville and the way that we met is awesome so i just want to say hello to mary mcleod hello mary Hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> hello mary uh, i'm looking at her on, we're doing a zoom call because she is uh she's a caregiver for two children and she is in fayetteville and so she wasn't able to make it up here so we're watching her on zoom and so i'm so glad to have you here i'm looking forward to hearing your story i'm going to tell everybody how we met which is really cool uh she was one of the people that <laughs> sent us this that funny message on Facebook that said we had shattered all of her hopes and dreams. <laughs> this is during the Olivet Discourse. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the song, Mary, that you said you loved so much? Uh, it said, Jesus is coming back by Jordan Felice. Jesus is
4: coming back. Jesus (laughs) is coming back. Put your hand. And then it's like, well, Jesus might be coming back, whether or not (laughs) he came back in 70 AD.
0: It doesn't seem to go with the song that well. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really curious. How did you find out about us, Mary? Um.
4: I honestly you just you guys just popped up in my screen I was in a period of my life where I was just uh, and it wasn't that long ago I just couldn't get enough Bible study and um I was but I, I was doing something with my hands that day um, and I was list, wanting to listen to podcasts about people who listen to Bible and Bible study and I searched for Bible study I think or something to that nature and you guys popped up in my iPhone podcast feed and
0: the rest is history <laughs> that's
4: that's awesome isn't yeah, that cool wow so yeah. she
0: saw a, b- a big picture of a bunch of jackasses <laughs> and she's like let's try these yeah. guys this looks perfect <laughs> well, i listened to it and y'all being from north carolina and me being from north carolina
4: that well mostly from north carolina the accent the accent sounded familiar and it felt kind of homey so i stuck with it and here we are
0: yeah, that's one of the things that we always. That's what I loved about Sarita when she came on, cause she, you know, she's Southern, she's a Southern belle, and so Hi. she was talking that language. And like when Janice was here and Rodney was, you know, they got that Southern feel. I really like it. Very, you know, we're going to be talking to Marcus Hall next week, or yeah, yeah, two weeks from now, and he's from Illinois, so it's going to be completely different with him, you know. So we're gonna, I'm gonna actually I send yank him yanky. a pound of yanky. cornbread to eat while he's talking to us. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing Ooh. that. So. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> I'll get, eat it. Can you get them to bring us cheese curds? Yeah, <laughs>
1: some beans in here with some mayonnaise. Too. Exactly.
0: Well, let's get into this, okay? So, Mary, I ask every guest that comes on our testimony series to try to to do their best to tell me their earliest memory of when they heard of Jesus Christ. Can you can you tell me when that was? Oh man, this one goes kind of with another song. I know y'all have heard that Ann
4: Wilson song they play. Every day but um, Sunday sermons, third row pew. Yeah. That was very literal for me. Very literal. Um, we moved to North Carolina from New York State when I was about seven or eight years old. Um, my mom and my little brother and I started attending a Methodist church near my house. My grandparents moved down eventually and my grandma started coming too. And um, I loved going to church and Sunday school. I remember very early on, one of my Sunday school teachers, um, we memorized Psalm 100 right in the middle of the Bible, she told me, and I just, I loved it, um, but my mom started going to lo- local racetracks on Saturday nights, and then um, as we got a little older, my dad had a horse, and he bought me one, I started doing horse stuff on Sundays, and eventually I just got farther and farther away from church, uh, of course, I got a car when I was 16, and I was off to college before you knew it. UNC Charlotte, woo, go 49ers. <laughs> right. Um, my, uh, my father had been sick with heart disease. That's why we'd actually moved here from New York State. And um, he passed away during my sophomore year at school. And, you know, UNC was a fairly liberal college at that time. And not only that, but I was a sociology major. So I learned that people who were Christians really just were not that smart. Um, I learned
0: that kind of God. <laughs> not much it's true. I mean, that's what they Funny, teach you. I've
2: had a sociology class. I don't remember that section.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is accurate. No, I'm just kidding. It's, we're incredibly smart. What are you talking about, lady? I'm just kidding. Yeah,
4: and and that God and religion were just made up and, you know, all that stuff they teach you. But Anyway, I had fallen into the party crowd big time because that was where I felt felt accepted. Um, I had always been the fat, nerdy kid, smart, but fat and not really in the inner circle of anywhere. But I was accepted um, in the party crowd. I found out, just like my dad, I was really good at binge drinking. Um, I met my husband my senior year. He was also a binge drinker, but he would experience a lot of blackouts, more like my alcoholic stepfather. So You can see there's some patterns here. Um, Drinking and drugging made me feel accepted, maybe even a little edgy. Uh, I wish I had found Jesus back then because things could have been really different in my life. Anyway, fast forward to 1993. That's when I had my daughter. She was an only child. Um, My husband and I had a very tumultuous marriage still. She was when we she was about two, we even separated for about a year. That's when he gave up most of his drinking, unless I enabled him. We would occasionally go out, pull drunks like we used to. They always end we always ended up fighting, the house getting tore up and me usually getting hurt. Um, I was just broken at this time. I remembered praying to God a lot of times to just take me out of this situation,
0: but it was the wrong kind of prayers. One kind of prayers at this time. And this and you know you already had your daughter at this point, right? Yeah, Yeah. I had her at this point. And so you were dealing with all this and still and trying to raise a child too. Yeah, so it wasn't too good. But she was
4: around four, she was around four or five years old. We had some new neighbors moving across the street and started being friends with them, started going to church with them actually. It was a church of Christ. Um, and my husband even started going, but we were both baptized. And then the church strongly recommended we get married because we had been living together in sin up until that time with my daughter. (laughs) So we got married. Um, I learned a lot at that church. I mean, the teachings at the Church of Christ were very thorough and straight biblical. I learned a lot. Um, One of my character traits when I was younger is I would let people and the imperfections that they have. Discourage me from situations Mm -hmm. like it was hard for me to give, it was hard for me to forgive people's humanity. Um, For example, at this church of Christ, I was in a Bible study. We were praying out of this Bible study, and I hear the preacher's wife and one of the elder's wives talking about me in the room next door in the main sanctuary, and it was echoing, so it could be heard where I was at. And, you know, at this stage of my life, I just would have. Uh, found a way to approach them and talk about it. But at that time I was like, Mm-mm. Hey, that church ain't right. I'm out. You know, I was out. And uh, that's just sort of an immaturity thing that I had.
0: Um, I think I also of had us, some harsh feelings. Yeah. A lot of us yeah. would have that, you know, a lot of us, I mean, I, whenever I was that young and I had a young family and I went to a church I had a similar situation like that where I was sitting in a church and uh, my daughter, Kate was just a baby and she was just laughing and cooing and having a good time, you know, and everybody that was around us was laughing and looking at looking at her and just thought it was really sweet, you know, the sweet little baby laughing and the pastor of the church, um, like clicked his fingers. And one of the ushers or deacons came up to us and said, we need you guys to come out in the back, you know? And we're like, what? What are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, just we just need you to come out in the back. So we got up and went out to the back and they were like, yeah, your baby was really distracting the service and the pastor didn't feel like he was going to get the message across. So you need to step out. And my wife was like, my baby was like smiling and laughing, you know? And so later I met with that pastor and uh, he was like, yeah, I mean, that's just how it is. And if you don't like it, you can leave. And I was like, wow, that's crazy talk, you know? <laughs> well, you don't steal that man's spotlight, apparently. <laughs> Evidently, what he had to say mattered more than my, me and my my wife. and You know, that's how you feel. And of course, I was like you. I had this immaturity level. We could have had a good conversation. I actually could have said, all right, fine. This is his weakness, and I understand that. Maybe my daughter should go to the little daycare if we can, just to try to keep it cool. But, you know, I just went to a Baptist church where all the kids were yelling and screaming and everything was fine. And the pastor just <laughs> went right through, right on through it. So I, I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. I've been
1: there. Or nowadays you had a roundhouse. You're yeah. yeah. Base, yeah.
0: You know. <laughs> <laughs> now he's just punched yeah. in the mouth. Yes. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted you to know you're not alone there.
4: No, yeah, I understand that. I appreciate that. But um, Anyway, we, we, ran, we managed to raise my daughter. Um, my husband's two older kids were in and out. Um, I've worked a lot of different jobs, but let's fast forward to my daughter in high school. She's been dating the same guy for most of her young adulthood. Um, it's after high school now, they've had, they've had a house in our neighborhood. They've had their first child. I knew they were kind of living a party lifestyle, but I didn't really know the extent of it. Um, And to be honest, I was kind of living my own, not even kind of, I was living my own sinful life at this time. I had a couple boyfriends outside my marriage that I was seeking attention from. Um, I was taking a lot of pain pills that were prescribed to me, but I wasn't necessarily taking them correctly. And um, I ignored a whole lot of red flags from my daughter that I should have seen. Um, A whole lot of red flags. But I had a plan to leave my husband. I was actually going to get my own apartment. The very day I was supposed to sign my lease on my own apartment, it was honestly like the hand of God reached down and just smacked me on my forehead. Um, My daughter, Marissa is her name, and Zach had been at my house using my computer. They had left her Facebook page open. And uh, I just happened to glance at it and I noticed that she's, asking these questions and I read all these messages and I noticed, find out that she's really trying to get drugs and that she's really kind of strung out on drugs and she's owing some people, some money. And anyway, i go over to Zach's parents' house where they were staying. Um, and it comes to light that my daughter and her baby daddy Zach were addicted to IV cocaine and heroin. Um, and actually, so was Zach's parents at that time where they were living. Wow. Um, so I took in the kids. I took the boyfriend in. And she went to her first stint in rehab. Uh, not long after, I had to kick the boyfriend out because he was shooting up in my house. So here I was with these two little kids. Um, I heard in a podcast once. But when you have a child that's sick with cancer or another serious disease, um, your friends reach out and they send you cards. They might make you a casserole. They do all kinds of things for you. When your child's a drug addict, they don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Despite the fact that addiction is a serious disease, it kills so many people,
0: kills so many of our children.
4: Yeah, They totally should do that. We
3: should be better.
4: Yeah, yeah. But it, it's a stigma. It's stigmatized, and people are afraid. And honestly, most of the parents of drug addicts are not fun people to be around at this point in time. Um, her first stint in rehab was not successful. She came back home. She was in and out of the house uh, with this guy and that guy. She eventually just started disappearing. Well, she was supposed to be in a program here in Fayetteville, she's supposed to be going during the day. And then she'd come home and was supposed to be working at night. Um, And it turned into the day thing. She was just uh, hanging out doing drugs with people. And at night was the same thing. So she started disappearing for days at a time. Um, So I really got scared that one of the kids was going to get hurt. Like they fall or they'll get sick or, you know, I'd have to take them to the emergency room. And I didn't have any paperwork to even do that. So it was at this point, I just really had to get social services involved. And um, when you get social services involved, you can't keep the addict in your house and still keep the children in your house. Right. So, of course, I had to put my daughter out. At, and uh, that was really hard to have to kick my daughter out of my house. But it was it was the best thing for everybody. Um, during this time, I'd been attending Naranon. But I really just go and cry. I wasn't getting a whole lot out of it. I wasn't really surrendering to him, which is step one. You've got to surrender the problem to God. And I just had the hardest time surrendering anything. I'd sit up late at night and I would just be in a terrible depression. I'd cry and, and binge eat. Now, I wasn't drinking anymore. I was binge eating. It said that the families of addicts are really as sick. As the addict or sicker, and I'm (laughs) a fine example of that, boy, I felt like I was surrendering, but I I was still trying to control my daughter. My constant attempts to manage my own feelings by trying to control what she was doing didn't help anyone. It didn't help anyone. Um, My mom at that time started going to meetings with me, and at her request, we started praying for my daughter every day. Um, regular prayer was not a normal thing for me. I'd gotten so far away from everything again, but with my mom, we started praying for my daughter every day, and there is so much to be said for the power of prayer. But uh, one day, I'd gotten out of the house. I was just driving around, trying to de-stress a little bit. Um, I was listening to some contemporary Christian music. There was a particular song that came on, and... Uh, it just touched me so much. I had to pull over. And It was just so emotional. But when I pulled over, I felt the presence of Jesus with me so strongly. Just comforting me and telling me that everything was going to be okay. And uh, I would say it was one of the, maybe the second time, first or second time in my life that I really felt Jesus with me. And I needed him with me at that time. Um Putting my own sick child out with nowhere to go it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. But that's what really started healing for both of us. Although she'd overdosed many times before, I couldn't police that anymore. Um, she was homeless on the streets. She was doing what addicts do. Uh, eventually, my mom decided to take her in. She felt sorry for her. After a debacle where she stole a bunch of money from my mom. She finally decided to go to rehab. I had added her to my insurance program, my insurance that year, hoping that she would decide to get into a program. And Toward the end of the year, she found a program in Florida, and she went off to Florida. Um, I was still praying a lot, informally, working the steps of my NAR-NAR program, but looking back, I really didn't understand the true nature of God as much as I needed to. He was still working on me, though. Um, my my time with God, though, became less and less frequent. I had a 2 and a four-year-old to take care of. I had my, my, uh, my husband and my mom. Mom had been in a wheelchair. Her health had been declining. I guess it was about five years ago. She uh, had spent more time in the hospital that year than she had spent at home. I was doing my best to take care of her and in, in her house because she was not willing to give up her house and her dogs and my house and my dogs and my husband and the kids. And at, I was just really depressed at some point. Yeah. And a lot of times I was just going through the motions because things were just tough. My daughter was in Michigan at this point. Um, with her husband-to-be and his family. Actually, she may have, she was married at this point. Um, my mom came to a decision. We came to a decision together for her to go into hospice. People came to the hospital. My sister came, and my, my half-sister, and my daughter came down to say their goodbyes while she was in the hospital. And then so I brought her dogs, her TV, and her oxygen machine, and I set her up in my front room. Um, she was so tired. It wasn't long, maybe a day or two. She was refusing food and medicine, and I mean, it was just me taking care of her. I had a hospice nurse who would come, maybe an hour a day, um, but it was just me. And after a couple of days, she couldn't. She couldn't speak. She couldn't talk. She would just communicate with me in in like grunts and and. I really just grunts. And most of the time it was when I was turning her over to, to clean her up and move her around. Um, but when mom was asleep or in this other state that I'm not sure was sleep or, or not, it's hard for me. I don't know. But she could speak very clearly when she was asleep. I heard her talk to her parents. I heard her talk to her cousin, Ruthie, who had died from polio in her childhood. Um, I mean, I, I knew that our father prepared a room for her. But but now, after going through this and hearing my mother speak to these people, I really knew. I really knew. <laughs> um, so I had been taking care of my mom and her, the three dogs in the house. I also had a rabbit. Um, one day I'd gotten up and checked on mom. The kids had gotten up. And uh, we discovered that overnight her two pit bulls had actually gotten through the two barriers and gotten into my rabbit's cage and killed my rabbit. So there was a lot of blood. And, and uh, I cleaned that up, cleaned my rabbit up. I uh, fed the kids breakfast. Um, and then went in with mom. She was sleeping. And I was just so drained. I was so sad. We're about 10 days into hospice at this time. I can't really explain to you how I felt, but I prayed out loud. I just held her hand. I said, God, if it's your choice, if it's time for mom to go with you, then just please just take her gently." me. I said, but if it's, if it's your will for her to stay here on earth, just give me the strength of character to continue on. And, uh, now, this woman had two oxygen machines at this time piggybacked on each other to keep her breathing. She had been basically non-responsive, grunting at me for days. She sat straight up in bed and looked at me and clearly told me, thank you, Mary. I love you. Wow. Mom, I love you, too. Wow. And she lay back down and... Uh, So I I took the dogs and the kids outside, out in the backyard for a few minutes, um, maybe 10, 15 minutes, uh, you know, just for dog and kid business. And I came back in to check on her
0: and uh, she was gone. She was gone. And so she said that Um, literally right before she passed away? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
4: She was literally before she passed away. I felt super guilty because I wasn't with her at the moments that she crossed over But then I kind of thought maybe she didn't want me to be, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe she was waiting for that minute. Um, I felt guilty. Did I do the right thing by bringing her into hospice? I I wasn't sure. But um, when the coroners came, they told me that they could tell when someone goes peacefully or when someone goes you know, in pain and violently. And and they told me she had to have went peacefully because I mean there was no no blood, no, you know, no nothing. She just she just went to be with God. And um so we had her celebration of life at the Little Methodist church where this story started. Uh where she and my grandma were basically elders, like we talked about Rick. Remember right, we talked yeah. about Can't, Yeah. Um, I like the pastor. I hadn't met him before. He came to visit with my mom one time when she was sick, but I hadn't heard him preach, and he talked briefly for me, and I started going to church, and it was so comforting for me to sit in that same pew where I sat with mom and grandma growing up. It was just so comforting. Um, I felt so lonely. I was missing my mom. It was just easy for me to immerse myself in church and Bible studies and music and podcasts and everything I could get my hands on. I started doing Bible studies with my pastor and on my own. Uh, About this time, I discovered the Bible Project with Tim Mackey.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic.
4: Um, Yeah, I started taking even some of their seminary, seminary level courses on the website. And I really learned how to read the Bible, mm-hmm. which no one had ever taught me before. No one had ever taught me how to read for context, how to read for literary types. I didn't understand ancient worldviews until I took some of his classes, and and all of a sudden it was like oh, it opened <laughs> up for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I got it.
4: You know, I got it. Jesus hadn't only really been working on my heart. But at that point, it, it hit the intellectual side in my head, and, and I got it, man. I got it. Um, <laughs> and I just felt like God has been with me, and the Holy Spirit has been working on me ever since then. I mean, my pastor, he's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful man. And uh, if he hadn't been around, I probably wouldn't be as close as I feel to God now either because he taught me it's okay to hold some of the more liberal values that I hold that God's grace covered me and everybody else um he helped me in my understanding of the Bible and uh I really began to feel like I really understood some of the heart and nature of God um yeah he's leaving my church I hate that he's leaving but that's what we do in Methodist churches. We rotate pastors. Right. So you get, you know, uh, now during COVID, I got depressed like some other people, um, but I bounced back. Now I try to structure my days now, um, my time with God in the morning and my study time. I manage our church's Facebook page. Um, I volunteer doing a lot of other stuff. We're a really small church, but that just means there's a lot more for us to do. And, um, (laughs) I enjoy, I mean, really, there's less of us. That just means there's more for all of us to do. So I really enjoy contributing my hands and my heart to our ministries. We recently just had a big church wide yard sale. And I mean, we're pretty small, but we made over two grand. So for us, that can go into our homeless ministries. And that was just great. But I surrendered my marriage. I've surrendered my family's well being. 2021 was really rough for me. I almost died of sepsis. That's a whole other story. <laughs> wow. Um, we also experienced the loss of uh, the kid's father to fentanyl overdose.
0: Oh,
4: no. um, Fortunately, my daughter has been clean for over five years.
2: Oh, wow. She that's, that's never relapsed. That's, awesome. but, uh, that's great.
0: That's yeah. Is, yeah, statistically, praise she's, God. she's winning. That's right. That's awesome.
4: Praise God. Uh, but... I'm just blessed, I'm grateful, and I, my goal is just to glorify God, try to reflect God's love in what I do. I'm covered by his grace, and I've been through, through so much sometimes, that, and I fall far far from where I should be most days. Um, but I, I try to make better choices, and I'm just fortunate to be covered by his grace. You know, I I heard his testimony and um, identified with her, on a lot of things because I think we're in the same kind of age demographic thing there. Um, but I was so impressed by the big ministry that she has. And I was like, well, I don't have a big ministry. I don't have any kind of big ministry. I got a little Facebook page, but now yeah, I look at the two kids, you know, and I've had them since they were little. The, my little boy, I've, I say he's mine. I've had them since he was an infant and uh they're my most important ministry right now. You mm-hmm. uh, know, You know, that's the season of my life that I'm in, and I I accept it, and I thank God for putting me in their lives.
3: Well, can I just say, this is Sarita, by the way, and can I just say that, first of all, I'm touched that you listened to my story, but... Ministry looks so different for everybody, and God gives us exactly the kind of ministry that He wants us to lead, and God doesn't have competitions on whose ministry is bigger. I know that Peter and Paul kind of got into it in the Bible a little bit, you know, kind of button heads, (laughs) who's the big dog on campus, but that's not what it's about. I just go where God tells me to, and my four children, they're my biggest ministry, and so... I, I totally agree with that on you. But I want to go back to your story about your mom because my mom passed away in 2018 after being in hospice for a little bit of time and very similar experience. Um, her passing wasn't peaceful. Um, it was very violent and hard. I'm sorry. And, and, um, but one of the things the hospice nurse told me is she said, give her permission to go. Mm-hmm. Tell her it's okay. Give her permission, and when you prayed that prayer, you gave Jesus—I don't know if you said the prayer out loud, but you gave Jesus the per, get to give her permission to go. You said, it's okay, I can get through this, and you gave her permission, and yeah. when she knew that you were going to be okay, she went. And I, I just think that prayer was it, and she sat up and gave you that little bit of love and— yeah. Yeah, that's time, amazing yeah. to me. She just the next popped right time up you and said see it clearly. Her, I mean, that's awesome. She'll be giving you that same yeah. bit of love the next time you see her. It's
4: amazing. Amazing. I can't wait to see her again.
3: But listen but. to me. You don't compare yourself to anybody else. That Women are so bad about that physically, emotionally, family-wise. My family's a mess. I'm a mess. My body's a mess. I've been a mess. I mean, if we do that, we get outside of what God calls us to do and we focus on ourselves and not on him. And I know yeah. guys compare themselves in different ways. So I, I've never been a guy, so I don't, I can't really talk on that. Maybe I candy over here can, but um,
2: <laughs> we all compare ourselves to him. I'm just it, like, Rick's the I just problem, wish
0: I could be eye candy.
4: Yeah, yeah. What can I say? <laughs> but you Thank have you to should be, be asking this crowd about that,
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be you. And who God made you to be for your particular ministry. Because if you're yep. trying to be someone else, you're not going to be as effective.
4: That's true. That's true. I know the Holy Spirit's giving me gifts, and I just try to roll with what I got. to um, roll with what I got every day, you know. So these kids are super important to me. And, you know, losing their dad last year was really hard for them. Um and I can't imagine if they had been in foster care, how that would have been.
1: Um, how old are they now? So,
4: Mary? I was here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. I'm doing what I do for a reason. Yeah. How, uh, how old are the kids now, Mary? They are seven and nine. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. And, uh they get all kinds of awards every award ceremony at school. Um, they get character awards, uh, behavior awards. And, and that's what counts to me, yeah. you know, the grades to, we can work on that. But when you're getting character awards and behavior awards, and, um, I know that they're being good when they're out of my sight, that's, you know, and they're courteous of other people. Um, that that kind of stuff that's important to me, and uh,
1: they that's, are. That's they
4: cause of you, Mary. That's cause of you. So they're awesome kids. They are awesome kids.
0: <laughs> that was uh Andy playing his banjo in the corner. No, that's not. It was his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy has a that banjo. That's fantastic. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, no, I don't own a banjo. Yeah, but this his- is a tragedy for another day. <laughs>
0: Uh, No, Um, sorry. I thought it was on silent. Classic. Uh, Mary, do you still go to those Naranon classes to this day? I do not. You do not? I do not. Do you have people Um, that are like-minded that are maybe in a similar situation that you talk to? Gosh, there are so many people who have been in this situation. Once you
4: kind of network in, there are so many grandparents raising their kids. And it's all because of the opiate problem that we've had. It's all because of of, of heroin and fentanyl. Um, you
2: talk about uh, yeah. the pain pills, right? That's – they're – that's a whole thing about how uh, the ease of access to pain pills, and they were encouraging doctors. There was this new philosophy of no one ever has to experience pain ever. Why? Uh, and and but that philosophy was like kind of pushed from the top down by drug companies, and so they're in all kinds of lawsuits now because the proliferation of opiates to the masses was done on seemingly on purpose and absolutely for a profit and you notice you can't get them anymore mm-hmm. swung completely their other other direction your arm could be half hanging off and they'll be like here's an aspirin but anyway yeah that that led directly because when those pills started drying up you know a the market then market filled with uh with with like actual heroin and etc yeah et cetera. and fentanyl yeah, yeah. Fentanyl and, fentanyl and, fentanyl. and it's yeah. just yeah it's yeah it's yeah, it's amazing. Well, it's they crazy. said uh, one hundred and
3: seven thousand yeah. people died last year in that in your spot in your kids father's demographic. Yeah. Of fentanyl yeah. overdose, fentanyl and heroin overdose. Mm-hmm. One hundred and seven thousand yeah. young people that's just a, gone. That's
0: staggering. Yeah. It's staggering. never
3: happened before.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Last year was uh, the year for the most most overdoses. um so far um since the yeah i've read a lot of books um about it and uh i saw where the guggenheim had removed the sackler name from everything the other day and, oh, uh, i know did
0: they was like, hey. remove the what? Hey. The, the Sacklers? sacklers
4: oh the sacklers they, they own, own like, what do
3: they own do they own pfizer uh,
2: not pfizer it's uh Whichever one that yeah. pissed out
3: the yeah. Well, that is Pfizer then. Modern, Moderna? That's the, is it Moderna or Pfizer?
2: Pfizer has the brand name, oxycodone. Uh-huh. So it yeah,
0: yeah,
3: okay. must be
2: them.
0: So the, so the Guggenheim took the name off because yeah. of what's going on with drugs as well? well? Because,
2: because there's a really big – there's an investigation right now and everybody's really inspecting. And I think it's even literally in a court of law somewhere. Am I not right? Uh, where they're trying to prove that the drug companies were pushing – the drugs and the ethos around prescription in order to make sales and it was like it was like on purpose. It's like a created opiate you ever heard, you know, yeah. the opium war? Yeah. Yeah. Well it just happened to you.
4: Right. Yeah. They've been sued. They've been sued by several of the states, um, especially like West Virginia, where it was really, really bad. Um I think Florida eventually sued. Florida was interesting. It wasn't bad at one point. Then they started building rehabs there. Then the rehabs really started being a for-profit venture. Uh, there was a lot of money to be made in rehabs. Then people started opening like what they would call sober homes or halfway homes. And they were taking a whole bunch of people's insurance money
2: Oh, that's a, that's a whole other thing. I, I know of this story. I wish I knew more about it. But that's a whole other thing where there was, for a while, mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, the beginning of Obamacare, and uh, drug rehab was covered, mm-hmm. well-intentioned mm-hmm. enough. But what happened was, all of a sudden, all these people that didn't have health care have health care. And so all these rehabs popped up uh, to just as, like, for-profit, like, drug rehabs that were leeching mm-hmm. off, like, the government— And uh, they started like massively abusing the system, as will happen. So all these drug rehabs were just charging and keeping people in as long as they could, not really wanting people out, and then moving them into halfway homes. Those halfway homes were owned by them, whatever. Anything they could do to kind of keep you on the rolls. So they could be charging the government for drug rehab and just all these wild accounting scandals. It's massive. Wow. It was
0: huge.
2: Uh, But of course, we don't hear about it because it's not in our purview. Uh, but it's, it's a whole thing. Like she's not selling it hard enough.
0: Wow.
4: Yeah. And really there good. were even like social media type people who were like, you know, I am, uh, I recovered and I can get you into this rehab and dah, 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 da. And at one, at one point Spongebob. they would get kicked back. They'd get money for everyone they put into rehab, you know, like yeah. a sales commission kind of thing. So you put somebody into rehab and you, you didn't know anybody else and you're, you need some money that week. You let them get high again so that they can pee dirty again. And then you got to put them back into rehab. You know what I'm saying? So that's how it turned in. And then people were getting paid for doing that. And there's and like the whole thing and all this
2: other stuff. Jeez. Yeah,
4: it was bad bad wow. and uh fortunately my daughter did she got into florida into rehab under obamacare like you were talking about um it benefited her and she got out of florida before it got bad yeah she, she at the time i, I was mad because she was in this super nice halfway
0: house i mean it was gorgeous and it was <laughs> yeah. <on> the beach, <laughs> she hit probably she right getting- right
2: as they were like Really soaking, which meant she got into nice places.
0: Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah.
2: yeah, she was Again, getting
4: acupuncture. she was getting massages, <laughs> yeah. beach massages. It was, it was obviously it's a
2: well-intentioned thing, right? It's a well-intentioned yeah. like, drug rehab was covered under an like a sort of nationalized health care, sort of not really, but sort of. Yeah. But you know where there's a where there's a will, there's a way. I suppose. I so. mean,
0: if you if you take a step back and you think about that. Drugs, doing drugs really does pay. <laughs>
2: it did. It, it right? paid people, that's people that what owned rehab. That's the message. Yeah. That's the I'm message.
0: Going on vacation. Yeah. No, but, but she just said like right. she was jealous of her daughter because she's in this beautiful place. Yeah. She's getting acupuncture. That must have been right in the massages. middle of it. Massages. Yeah. I mean, Doing drugs? I wasn't crazy. jealous. I
4: was just mad when she left.
0: Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she left to follow
4: a man and went to, was essentially, went to, was homeless until she got up in Michigan and was homeless up there living with his family or whatever. But I was just mad that she left because she said that she had, but, you know. you
0: wow. were
4: chasing a man, a future husband. So she, like I said, five years clean. She's married. She has, yeah, five years uh, is amazing.
2: With, That's great.
4: Yeah, we have. She has a four-year-old, and she's actually pregnant with her fourth. Um, mm-hmm. So we uh, are moving toward. Some joint custody things where the kids are gonna spend some time over the summer with her. Oh wow! And was, I get a break. <laughs> and I get a break.
0: <laughs> for break. those that for those that are listening, uh, Mary is recording from her car and she's doing a dance in the driver's side right now. She's just <laughs> if you guys she's could smoking. only see Can you, Did you <laughs> record that? Can we I, make a gift? I wish that I had recorded it, but no, I did not. <laughs> yeah. Mary, I have a question for you. So um, normally I ask people towards the end of their testimony if, you know, there are other people that are going through similar things that you're going through and they're in that isolated place. They're feeling lonely. Is there any advice that you could give to someone who is either in a similar situation that you are in or uh, whether it, you know, especially when it comes to your grandchildren And and dealing with that. And by the way, I'm so glad to hear that your daughter and you are working things out and that there's going to be this joint custody thing. I'm sure that, like you said, you're getting a break, but you need that break. I mean, you're a grandma, you want to be able to see them and spoil them, but not have to be the full caregiver. And I get it. And trust me, I do. Right. But is there any advice that you could give to anybody as far as, you know, where do they go when they feel that loneliness or they, you know, they feel like they're at their wit's end?
4: Um, yeah, I would say Naranon, Al-Anon, um Those are amazing programs. If the, you can get to one near you, just go. Just go. Um, don't don't build it up. Don't don't stress about it. Just say, I'm going to go to this meeting and go. There will be people there who have been where you are. That will receive you without judgment. Um, you will feel no shame, no guilt, no stigma, um, when you're with these people in this meeting and, uh, start there, Mm
0: -hmm.
4: uh, church, church should also be the same way just go, uh, you shouldn't feel any stigma, guilt, or shame when you're there either. Um,
0: and if you think, uh, yeah, we, one thing that we learned, especially in Sarita's, testimony is that if you think that you're walking in and that these people are holier than thou and they're looking down at you you'll probably find that they aren't just because they decided to dress cleanly that day you know i'm a nasty dude man but i like to wear my best on sunday you know but not because i'm trying to impress anybody it's just because i want to look my best that's how i feel whenever i go and you know you can go to church and you can sit and you can worship and it you don't have to agree with everything but in most cases churches are telling you that God loves you. And that's something that everyone, I think, needs to hear, especially when they're alone. And physical touch. I don't know if you've ever been alone long enough to where, man, you get a hug and it's like... (laughs) I really needed that hug you know <laughs> and I didn't want it from my husband mm. I didn't want it from my wife that day I was so I had so much going on it was so nice just to see a pal or someone and stay say stay away
1: from me uh, stop <laughs> looking at
0: me weird I'm just I just they wanted to give you, you them a, up, man. I, I wanted to give you a kiss on the cheek like a good Jew <laughs> I was all, I was also thinking about hugging Billy <laughs> can we do it together <laughs>
4: Can we do it on video? Yeah. If if, if you move, God's gonna help you. I believe if you move, God's gonna help you because when I went back to church and just like recently, not recently, within the last six to eight months, I'd say one of the ladies at church started just a women's Bible study, and really, it turned out just to be three of us studying the Book of Esther from Beth Moore's book. Um, But it really turned out to be the three of us, but. God put us that way for a reason, because all three of us have adult daughters. Now, all of these adult daughters have different challenges, but we have, you know, we still have a camaraderie because of, oh, my gosh, we want to kill them sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you know, but they're also our best friends. We love them to death. So, you know, we really have that camaraderie, um, the three of us, and and we've really gotten close Maybe even not. We really haven't learned that much about Esther so far, but we know a lot about each other. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> we know a lot about each other, and it's been great.
0: Yeah. Did you, uh, we released our uh, part two of our Esther series today, it just came out. You know, we did our holiday program, and now the Esther part two came out today. So we're finally in. I said we were going to get into Esther, and that was like two months ago. But we're finally in it. They kicked me out of the Oliver Discourse, yeah. so it's, it's they over. had enough. It's overrated. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need to just go through it verse by verse next time. Just break it down one verse. Yeah. At a
0: time. Anyway, Mary, it's been so great having you on here. I appreciate oh, you guys yeah. having me on. That is an amazing I really story. I am such really a big is. fan. Strengths. That's so nice to hear. Mary McLeod, the number one fan out of Fayetteville. So guess what? So you got two mugs, right? Yes. All right. I am sending you a journal, and I am sending you a new – I just got some new swag. I got a uh, – New swag! I got some swag. I'm going to send you some swag, okay, since you couldn't be here in the studio and get a kiss from uh, Billy Eye Candy. (laughs) Ah, Billy's going to crawl
2: out of here (laughs) through a hole in the wall
0: (laughs) Rick,
1: the big pimp is pimping me out or something
4: i I expect some selfies some photos
1: Absolutely. (laughs) great well I want
0: to to turn something uh, Cherry you need to know that Mary had said in a message she said Cherry's my girl evidently she really likes what you have to say so I'm going to turn the computer so you can see each other and say hi and break her phone. Well,
1: oh
4: my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Hello. I love her. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, Most, I always thought
1: that
2: was a good you know, like, character thing because she always does the same. Yeah. Yeah, she always does. I yeah, thought yeah, yeah. so,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: a
4: lot listening to, uh, uh, is it Rodney? I'm sorry. Yes,
1: yeah. that's my husband. <laughs>
4: yeah. Listening to you with yeah. such love yeah. and adoration. <laughs> <laughs> I know that tone girl, I know it, I'm with you, <laughs> <Love> you.
3: <laughs> Every wife knows <hears> that <laughs> too. <Yeah.
4: laughs> yes, that's him. <laughs> but, well. but yeah, I, yeah, I was like, when I was listening to his testimony, I was like, wait, that's Jerry, is that Jerry's husband? Yeah, I finally put it together. I was like, oh man, I know, girl, I know. I know what you're talking about. So <laughs> yeah, I understand um, a lot of the stuff you've been through too.
1: I don't know. I don't really know how much of my own personal, personal life. I don't think I speak too much about it.
0: No, never. I think
1: probably Rodney coming in and giving his testimony probably was more of an open door into my personal life than I ever tell anybody. Yeah. Um I am currently raising two of my grandchildren, have been since the boy was three and the little girl was five. And, um our son overdosed in our house. Yeah. And but he thankfully survived. Um and he spent 10 months in prison uh or jail actually. Uh and recently got out and trying to work on building a relationship now. You know, hoping he stays sober and clean. The mother of the little boy from what I understand just recently was put in jail. So the only thing I had to say to that was I was thankful that he, she was put in jail, and I didn't have to tell her son who she was because she passed on. So hoping, hoping, and praying we don't go through that. But uh, hearing you say what you said, kind of, mm,
0: you guys should exchange numbers. You guys should exchange <laughs> yeah. numbers, and you guys should talk yeah. to each other because you're both similar, and you can up, you know, lift each other up, you know, and all this
4: yeah, <laughs> send each other a uh, uplifting text every now and then but, I mean, I've got a friend of mine right around the corner from here who's gone through the same thing with her daughter it's 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 terrible, but it's not uncommon unfortunately. it's yeah, not The uncommon. Opiate yeah. thing is really reached. It's sad uh, everywhere.
1: It's sad because you know we're we're meant to be grandparents, you know yes. You know, we've, yes we find ourselves fulfilling the role of the parent and it's so.
4: Confusing,
1: overwhelming sometimes, you know. It's just absolutely it's just crazy. Yeah. But I guess you Mother's know,
4: Day. Yeah. Uh, Mother's yeah. Yeah. Mother's, Mother's Day. Yeah. I don't know about you, too, but. Mother's days have been so bad for me in the past. So bad for me because not only was I missing my mother, here I am putting so much effort into these two little children and they make all this stuff for their mother for in school for their mother. They want, they want everything on for Mother's Day to be for their mother. And it's like, you know, what have I been doing for the last five years? (laughs) You know, but but yeah, but you know, they're children. They're children, you know, I want them to love their mother. I want them to do things for their mother. And this year was like the first year that anything dawned on them, you know, that, oh, wow, Oma does, the, I'm Oma. Gotcha. Because of my German heritage. that Oma does a lot of stuff for us, too. So they bought some, a card home for Oma. So that was sweet. This oh, that's, year. Nice. Yeah. that's
1: That's actually what I wanted to be called. And my husband graciously let them call me Mama. But I had actually mama. picked out. I didn't want to be mama. I wanted to be Oma is what I wanted to be. Yeah. And he ruined it.
0: I worked with a woman mm. who said, I refuse to be called Granny. I refuse to be called Grandma or Mama or Mimi or whatever. I want to be called Mama-san. Mama-san. So I said, I said yep. that means Japanese whore. And uh, she said, <laughs> what? So, so I was just kidding. Now she's called Granny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, oh, somehow nana. I managed to get that word in every episode, don't every I? Every episode. <laughs> every one.
2: Sorry, everybody. <laughs> What the audience can't I see is Rick's
0: checklist of things he has to do once <laughs> now. Got you it. Mean. Got it. So Mary, do you have any jokes you could bring us? <laughs> oh gosh, no.
1: I, well, I do need to ask you, Mary. I'm is, more of a
0: reactive person, I'm funny in reactions. I'm, I
4: don't yeah. really I, initiate the funny. I'm like funny reactive. See, I, that's That's yeah. yeah. okay. uh, so
1: <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of funny, Mary, is that a leopard print pineapple on your shirt? Is it a pineapple. Is it leopard print? It is leopard print. That is
3: awesome.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. I've never seen one. That's a, awesome. A leopard huh. print pineapple.
1: A lot going on there.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Welcome
3: yeah. to the jungle. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> does a pineapple mean welcome?
0: I, I think it does. It, it does. also means piña colada.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Oh. So, well, you know,
1: you I said I was going to
0: be one of those... It's I said I was gonna be one
4: of those crazy old ladies with purple hair. I got a little bit of pink left in there. Crazy old grandmas with purple hair that wore crazy clothes all the time. So.
0: Yeah, it oh, used yeah. to be a thing when we were. I try to tone it down. We used to make fun of the elderly when they had like blue and purple hair, and then it became a thing for teenagers for a while. So now it's that's no big deal. It's all good. So I got a joke. Yeah. This okay. is the only joke that I have for the day. What? And my my. Precious wife gave it to me right as I got in the car, and I didn't even know it was coming. So, uh, whenever Noah called all the animals to the boat, um, why did the worms not want to go into the apples? When- why did the worms, when they came to the boat, not want to go into the apples?
2: <laughs> I-, I don't have any idea. Because they tells- were
0: supposed to come in pairs. Oh uh-huh. <laughs> Now, just so you know, all your little <laughs> frowny noises—that was directly to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: liked it. Yeah, it
0: was a good sort of bad. It was.
3: It was a good bad. See, my husband thinks the more you groan and I roll, the better the joke. Yeah,
0: the yeah. better the joke. That's, yes. it, that's what see. That's what I say. Yeah. Like, if it ruins your day, it's great.
3: It's great. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going
0: to turn this computer now. And Mary, I want you to know how much I appreciate you being here and. Um, being our number one fan i'm so glad that you just happened to cross us and uh she i want to just
3: happen across you it was a
0: divine was a divine, a divine, yeah. a divine appointment, a divine appointment. Yeah. that's right and so i want to stay in, i want us to stay in touch you know please yeah. tell people about us i'll be sending you some swag i'm gonna have to get your address again but i promise i will crumble it up and eat it like i did last time and then uh <laughs> <laughs> get you that stuff and and stay in touch and um you know i want to try to build a community that of people that talk to one another you know that's what this testimony thing is about i want people to tell you know what did the lord do for you but also to be able to outreach and to hear you know look uh you know i'm not perfect but evidently neither is anyone else out there you know we yeah. all we all need we all need help we don't need to be alone we've all been through some stuff but that's for sure Well, everybody say bye to Mary. Thank you so much for being on the show, Mary. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, well. Bye. Guys, thanks for joining in with us. We will talk to you next time on the Burroughs of Berea. So you might be looking at the side of my head some. I might be looking at you, and everybody else is just going to be kind of hearing you. I would like to upgrade and have like a screen and... Eventually, but that may not be a thing that Andy allows in here because he's a sound engineer. You can buy all the televisions you want. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna buy one where we, we just can gotta, actually like, have interactive the, sound. The,
2: the trick is you gotta get a uh, a swing mount that like hangs from the ceiling and then like swings down like that. Oh, totally so do it, it can, I'll do it. So because there's no place else to put it in here. Yeah.
0: I want to do that so that we because like we've got Marcus Hall coming, we got Dave Cristiano coming, we got some really cool people coming too. Yeah, well, I And I'd like everybody the, to be able to see Mary right the proper now. Proper
2: software solution. And that gets more elaborate because I'm sure there's some internal software solution, but if you want the video in this room too, then it gets kind of complex. Right. All these are solved problems, though, just
0: not by us. Right. <laughs> so, Mary, are you ready to go? We're ready. You want to see? You want to see uh, eye candy? yeah <laughs> get over yeah. here i can't he's like
2: he's like bye it's like why not
0: get, <laughs> let's get a close-up here. come on sarita, come on, sarita. Oh. she saw cherry she saw andy yeah i was early when i was running around yeah i forgot we had to say yeah, goodbye i saw here.
4: sarita's pic. And i
0: was like they
4: took something and just blew up
0: her face yeah. hi <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, <laughs> Mary. We'll be in touch. I'll be sending you that swag here sometime this week or early next week. Okay.
3: I'm offended. I didn't get Thanks, it. Rick.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Um, I am going
3: to have get to lay Bella out. Candy, can, candy, Kim's night. <laughs> <laughs> North swag.
0: Yeah. She, I'm gonna
1: have to lay out just so Rick will miss me. Yeah. Yeah. And brag about how much he misses me. Yeah. Maybe wants to hug me or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
0: give me a juice That's nice. the first one I've missed. The very first one. Very first one of what? It is. The podcast. Yeah. Oh, I've been yeah. here Did without you. Know, you? Well, no, we've not done the side
2: studies. Rick the and original. I have done
0: one without. Rick and I have done one uh-huh. without no. you. No, 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 never. It, that was always side studies off weeks. He's oh. never missed his yeah. Yeah. week. Oh, really? Yeah. Never. Wow. So the last time, and it just totally. You know, I was watching. Try. Sar- <laughs> Sarita was so disappointed.
3: <laughs> well, I haven't seen the other guy, so I'm pretty sure he doesn't exist. Oh, he's
0: real. He'll be here. okay. He's yeah. some he's eye candy.
3: Real. He's real. Aged
2: eye candy. I, oh, they wow. told me to say he's real.
3: Okay. Is he old?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's real. He's, he's old. old. <laughs> I'm not sure he's real old. He's got that, uh, I, I don't, don't know. I don't think he's
1: that. I don't think
0: he's old. He's in his 60s.
1: Nuh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought that he was probably in his 50s. Mm, really? No. I just... Yeah. Wow. Hmm. He's, yeah.
0: He's a young, he, he's vibrant a good, an year old He's eye candy then, yeah. <laughs> okay, then. He's yeah. getting older. I don't
4: know. Yeah. He's bending know time over here. You guys are
0: pushing it. You guys are pushing it. What, who? You said he's a little old eye candy? I didn't say he was a little what old. What did you say?
1: I said, yeah, then he's really eye candy.
0: Oh, my gosh. He's Werther's original candy. <laughs> <laughs> he's peppermint stick. <laughs> oh. Here, kid. <laughs> Girl, come here kid are you talking about like, piece Mr. Of Rogers here, Neighborhood let me get my candy out of
3: my cardigan is he yeah. that bowl of candy your grandma used to leave he on the table he carries them in his fan oh, stuck yeah. to one yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. candy yeah. actually like seven years old yeah. Werther,
0: Werther's original I'm sure has- it
3: was still good for you <laughs>
0: Where there's original has now. You know what? what? This
3: better
1: not
0: be in me. Recording. It's yeah. going to be in the back of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I
2: stopped the recording and then Thank you guys started you to chuckle and I turned it back on. That's you. what I'm talking oh, about. I love
3: it. It's always a surprise when I think the thing is over and I don't get to my Spotify in time to turn it off. There's Oh, there's a whole. <laughs> so I went back and listened to some of the old ones to see if there was the old like stuff at the that's bottom. What, that's what Andy's yeah. It's fantastic. I, it's yeah. my, it's my favorite part. That's what
0: Andy does. He's he's done it from the very beginning. He would just he's like sneaky. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, if there's something that's fun but it doesn't when, really belong. I've yeah. gotten yeah. so many people saying, "What does Happy Zombie Jesus Day mean?" <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> jeez, <laughs> that was very funny." Oh, well. well, okay. Does, do you guys want to take a about a two or three minute break yeah, and get some air? Yeah, sure. probably. Okay, probably let's nice do that.
3: Okay. Is there no air in here?
0: Uh, there is, but it won't it's, be when it's we nicer air outdoors. Oh, it's
3: nicer air outdoors.
0: Yeah, let's just get a couple minutes of air.